Welcome to Solutions, where men come out of the shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have on the show a man who's unafraid to grow into his purpose, a man of completion, a goal-setting achieving man, a stand-up comedian, a co-host of Fresh Perspective Sports, a business owner, and a fellow Bethay Hall brethren. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Devon Stanfield. What's going on? What's going on, everybody, man? Good to be here. Shout out to you, Sheen. Uh, it's been a long time, man. It's been a long, long time. time, man. But I'm happy you showed up for this and ready to drop them gems today. Man, I'm happy for the invitation, man. It's, it's not often that I get to break bread with one of my original brethren from the from the circle. If you if you recall the circle, <laughs> circle. Yes, absolutely. Let's get this thing started. Man. What person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what defined you? Uh, the, the person, mm, people that I met or saw that kind of defined me um, didn't necessarily stretch far away from home. Um, I know a lot of times, um, <clears throat> you know, we grow up with we grow up with these aspirations um, to model ourselves and uh, around our, our our idols, so to speak. You know, like the Michael Jordans, the Martin Luther Kings, the Malcolm X's, the uh, Muhammad Ali's, and things of that nature. Um, just to keep it uh, transparent in terms of representation for for Black folk. But for me, um, uh, I, I idolized my grandmother most most uh, most early on in my life. And the reason why is because uh, when I when I came to a realization that uh, I actually wanted to go to college, because to be quite frank, um, for the first I would say 14 years of my life, I didn't even think college was a possibility, you know. And um, and and looking back on that time, uh, I was spending a lot of time with my grandmother. She was um, had she had me in church. She had me volunteering on voters' drives and and uh and different things of that nature she had me in different in different organizations um outside from what my mom had me in but um when i started to do i had to do a a, a u.s civilization project or um a civics project in which we had to interview somebody in our family and i chose to interview my grandmother and i found out that she didn't graduate um like she barely graduated high school but she ended up with an honorary degree in cornell at cornell university she was the president of her local CSEA union, um, and uh, she eventually became a representation, a representative for the 1992 electoral congress that elected uh, President Bill Clinton. Uh, she got a chance to meet him, to meet him. She got a, a personalized letter sent to him, and those things uh, during that interview, those things kind of hit home for me. And so, while I spent most of the time growing up idolizing a lot of people. Um, from a sports aspect and from a creative aspect, because that's that's how I grew up and that's that's what what I am in my heart. Uh, my my soul discipline and my and my drive really comes from her because she's a living representation that you don't need what what the status quo is in order to be successful in life. That's interesting. You said that. I think a lot of people need to take that and run with it. We need to interview our parents and our grandparents because we don't know their stories. Even if you are estranged from your parents or your grandparents, or you love them and they're close by, they have a story. They went through things that you possibly went through already. I encourage everybody out there to go and interview your parents or your guardian or your grandparents and hear their life story. You might be surprised and might get closer with them. Let me ask you this, Mr. Stanfield, what gems did your grandmother leave you that you can remember today to let us know? Wow. <laughs> Man, you put me on blast right now. Uh, <laughs> um, so my grandmother really gave me three three solid gems that I that I kind of live by today. Um, the first one is something I disobeyed and I regretted it, and that was uh, never marry anybody that's not first your best friend. Um, I, as you already know, this is I'm, I'm working on my second marriage, and um, I like I I love this platform because uh, we talk about the good and the bad, right? Yeah. Um, and one thing I can I can point out is my first marriage. Uh, for a long time, I was in denial about um, about who was at fault in my first marriage. Uh, I found myself blaming my my counterpart because things didn't go right, and and she she had her faults, and she was 
Uh, she she just had her faults. I'm not I'm not here to slam anybody or throw anybody under the bus. But um, I, I I didn't. T- it, it was about three or four years later that I took the time to do self reflection and 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 evaluate my contribution to why things failed. And when I did that, I came to the conclusion that ultimately the root cause of the matter was two things. Number one, my own insecurities and communication issues. And the second thing was because she and I were never friends before we got before we got married. Um, and, and I found that communication is a lot easier when you when when you are actually friends with somebody, especially best friends. And I and, and that it was at that time going through counseling that I understood that um, that why my grandmother embedded that that principle. Um, there's a reason why my grandmother and my grandfather have been together for 68 years. So, um, and they don't, they don't always have good and bad days. And that goes not just to remote romantic relationships, but just to relationships as a whole. So that's, that's the first thing that she embedded in me. The second thing that she embedded in me, which I, which I talked about earlier is you don't need to be like everybody else. The status quo does not have to define how you, how you persevere and, and move throughout life. Um, I think oftentimes we, we have this, American dream, dream embedded uh, philosophy on life, in terms of, uh, especially as Americans, you know, you wanna, you wanna uh, come here to the land of the free and and go to college and get a job and live the American dream. But the thing is, uh, nobody's dreams is ever the same. Everybody has dreams. Everybody ha- everybody has different dreams. Everybody has different nightmares. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you have to find out what dreams are gonna work for you and 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 you have to push to do the best things that i mean the best within you to get the most out of it that you can because at the end of the day you're the only one that has to live with the decisions that you make right uh, when you when you when you die <laughs> uh you're going to you're going to look back over your life probably before that you you close your eyes for the last time and wonder the what ifs but if you do if you do you, if you find the inner you that that is most important, you don't you don't necessarily uh, you ne- you won't necessarily have any regrets. And I've and I've matriculated, uh, as we like to say in in the education world, I've matriculated to that point where I found my voice, I found out where I belong, and I'm content with who I am and where I am and what I'm working towards. And then the last thing that she uh, that she embedded in me is <clears throat> no matter how much you know, you can always learn some more. Um, don't ever think that you aren't capable of learning. Don't ever think that 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 anybody isn't capable of teaching you something. And don't ever think that uh, that you are that you are so beholden upon knowledge and information that that you don't need to reverence God. Absolutely, absolutely. You talk about maximizing your potential. Dr. Miles Monroe, who is a preacher who 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 is no longer here with us talks about maximizing your potential and he talks about absolutely he talks about so many things that i love to hear when he speaks he says when a person dies it's the equivalent of a forest being burned to the ground how many roots and seeds have you planted on your way through life so your forest can flourish uh i would like to say that that's a work in progress absolutely Um, um, and and I, and I would like to say that 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 those seeds and branches that that have been planted uh, stretch all the way back uh, previous to even our days and meeting each other. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, a lot of times people people take uh, the metaphor that you just spoke to in terms of planting those seeds as a as as in 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 a one dimensional way, like teaching kids how to uh, like the things that you went through and how to avoid certain things. And, and that is definitely something that we should be doing and something that, uh, that, that is a, a method of planting seeds. But I think that um, any mental, physical or spiritual transfer is a form of planting seeds. And so uh, like the way you carry yourself is planting a seed, the way you, the, the way your, your level of authenticity is planting a seed. And, um, and, and a lot of times we talk about this all the time, right? Shane, um, you never know who's looking at you. So it's important that you are always your authentic self because you don't know 
who you're blessing with with just your walk even when you're not trying to to implant anything into someone just your walk might be blessing somebody just your walk might be giving somebody what they need and so um like i said that that those seeds that my grandmother implanted in me by really just being herself are the same are the same uh roots that i that i try to uh regurgitate in my daily walk regardless as to how people feel about who i am and what i am i i need to be satisfied with the person i look in the mirror with we are we are (laughs) work in progress absolutely absolutely Absolutely. Let, let me ask you a question do you have a vision board? Yeah. Yeah, I've had a vision I've had a vision board for the last 3 years. Absolutely. Now, if you can give us an apex that that you have on your vision board and also an apex that you already achieved, what would those two things be? Uh the, the apex that I've already achieved is starting a business and and revolving my business around my <clears throat> revolving my business around the same pr- principles that I've built and developed my family with, which yeah. is you know, keeping God first, making family second, and then uh, uh, maintaining a, a high level of integrity and authenticity uh, in every in every effort, and um, keeping excellence and execution first. So, uh, and what, what is on your vision board that you haven't obtained? That's an apex for you. Um, reaching that million dollar mark. Mm. So, the, so. Uh, you know, with a vision, with a, with a vision board, a lot of times uh, we put the vision, we put the visions up there on the vision board. But uh, the the piece that we miss on the vision board is the roadmap. And so I've I've gotten into the habit of creating the uh, a, a multi layer vision board of the things that I want to accomplish, and then the pages that are up under that are the roadmap to get to each goal. Um, uh, a lot of times people will tell you, you need to see the end before you see the beginning. But um, what they don't tell you is that the journey along the way, a lot of times is overstepped and underappreciated. And so I want, I, I would like to express the importance of making sure people try to develop their roadmap up, around that vision board, because the journey is really uh is <laughs> to your point earlier is really the seeds that you're gonna plant sometime along the way throughout the rest of your life how early did you start goal setting let's take it back a little bit let's go back when you had a young mr stansfield your grandmother encouraged you to go to college but we all started somewhere goal setting how early did mm-hmm. you start goal setting um probably about 10 years ago Mm, uh, I like that's very honest. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've been I've been with my wife since January 14th of 2011 um, in terms of relationship wise. Before meeting my wife, I was never a planner. So mm. goal setting was never goal setting was never even an objective for me. It was never even on my radar. But then when I when I met her. Um, and, and I began to see how she operated and she began to push me to do different things. Uh, I, I understood the, the, the importance of goal setting. And what I mean by that is she had a tendency of writing everything down. Um, if she, if she had an aspiration, she wrote it down, um, for two reasons. Number one, she has a horrible memory. <laughs> That's first and foremost. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> which is Shots which fired. is ten times as bad now because she's <laughs> pregnant. So she got the pregnancy memory, which is like horrible, and then she blames it on the baby. Listen, listen, we don't have to go. <laughs> we don't have, have to go, go there. Let, let's right, continue. Right. You already been there. So I <laughs> I know you know what that where that is coming from. But the second reason why that she wrote everything down is because she liked things to be tangible. Um she she's a visual learner and she likes things to be on on hand on paper and what i never realized until i met her i mean i knew i was a visual learner but in terms of goal setting i never realized how how i am able to main how easily i'm able to maintain maintain focus when it's tangible and so um when i began to tell her i began to confide in her 
the things that I wanted to do in my life, because to be quite honest with you, I never even thought that I was going to make it to college at one point. So now that I'm now that I was here and I had arrived and I graduated and I was on the dean's list and this, that and third. I, I and, and to be clear, I only went to college and graduated on the dean's list to prove my grandfather wrong. My grandfather told me that I was going to be another thug on the street like a lot of my friends. And I took that as as a high level of disrespect. And it's one thing that I never liked. I never liked somebody to tell me no or that I couldn't do anything. And so uh, but once I reached that goal and I accomplished that goal, which wasn't really a goal, it was really about proving somebody wrong. I didn't have anywhere to go from there. So it was just about getting a bag and 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 doing things that my parents and them had never done because I was the first one to graduate college in my family, in my direct lineage. So. Uh, fast forward to meeting my wife um, when I told her the things that I wanted to do she used to start asking me well how do you plan on getting there like what do you plan on doing along the way what, what things are you going to do to make sure this thing these things happen and I I never knew <laughs> you know, real talk I, I never I never had an idea I was just like I'm gonna get it done um, and so she was like well I, I really I, I'm not going to tell you what to do because you're your own man. And I'm not. And she never tried to force it on me. But she was like, maybe if you just wrote things down, it would make it easier for you to accomplish those goals because you have you have milestones that you're that you're fighting for and striving to. And so um, for the first two or three years, I, it was a struggle. It was a it was a big struggle because I had never done it before. But um, I think in 2014, when we moved back to Atlanta, I began to put my head down because I hated being in Atlanta. I never wanted to come back. But I said, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be here for a specific purpose to get certain things done. So I wrote those things down. And for the first time in my life, I began to achieve with a purpose. I began to walk with a purpose and achieve with a purpose. And that's when things really started to change for me. That's you know, Dr. Miles Monroe, not to bring him back up again, but this is where this interview is like in this this energy. He said, I'm inclined to agree with him. He said, women are incubators. Whatever you give them, they take, they manifest it and give it back to you better. He Facts. used he used a man's seed when it came to, you know, procreation. He used that and he gives you back a baby that you give her an idea. She gives you back an entire roadmap. And what she did was she took your aspirations and gave it back to you developed for you to take and run with and she facts. dropped gems on you facts along the way of your goals what did you sacrifice myself my ego mm. please please um, tell me, explain shame you know me man <laughs> <laughs> i it, can we curse on the on, the, on this platform <laughs> Speak freely, I, brother. Speak freely. You know, I'm an asshole, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, in my heart of hearts, and and it's, it's I'm a I'm a I'm a victim of my environment. So I have a tendency to be an asshole. Um, and I'll do what I, and I would do or say whatever it took to to basically get what I want or get in my way. And and that like lie still. I mean, well, not still. I'm, I've never been a thief. That's not I've that's not me. But yeah, I, I've never done that. Um, but lie, uh, and manipulate. Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was me. Um, um, but when, but in the journey, um, like I've, I, I've been a fuck nigga before. Yeah. <laughs> I've done fuck nigga things. <laughs> like I've broken codes before. And, um, again, like going back to, um, like my wife and the circle, uh, like things have, things changed for me drastically, especially like when I came back to state in 2003, like from that time to, uh, the time that my dad passed to graduating college, to fast forward, going through the divorce and getting to my wife, there was, there were along that journey, things were broken. Like I was broken. Uh, well, let, let's stop right there. Stop right there. Talk to me about your lowest moment, and not I, not the fact Ooh. that we're going to talk about it. I want to know how you got up. This is for everyone who's listening right Ooh. now who might be going through the same thing you went through. Talk to me about your lowest moment and how you got up. 
So my lowest moment was it it, it happened twice. So I and I, and I know when it happened was be, because I've only been depressed like chronically depressed in my life twice. When my dad died and when I was going through the divorce. Uh you were around when my when my pops passed. Um it was 04 October 04 uh the the I wasn't playing football anymore. Um I was back at state. Uh the cheerleading thing was popping. The hose was everywhere. Um uh cats cat, and you know how it was, man. Cats thought that all all cheerleaders was gay. So we had clear rain to the to to the women. <laughs> we had we had easy easy picking at the women, especially at the chilling camps, because all the guys thought all the, all the football players and stuff thought we was gay. They didn't know I was a former football player, or whatever, played basketball and this that and the third. But that's that's neither here nor there. So, um, so in '04 when uh like I was, everything was great, and then it all came crashing down because I had just repaired the relationship with my pops. And then he, and then out of nowhere, he died while we was on a trip, in um, in Indianapolis, for the Coca Cola Classic, and like, uh, and I was scheduled to graduate that year, and everything changed. My like my world was turned upside down, because uh, for the first time, because my dad didn't come to my high school graduation. Um, my dad used to be addicted to coke. My dad used to. Um, he just wasn't he just wasn't a very consistent person and so uh like that that took me to a place that i had never been before because even when i when i had to deal with that losing a parent uh i didn't feel like i had the support from my my significant other uh at the time and so i went to a dark place um uh, i was i became somebody that i really wasn't like before that i was I, I I had some type of integrity. I I, I had some. I, I was I stood on my word. Just that. But at that point, I really didn't care about anything else. Mm. I was I was very selfish. I wasn't. I just wasn't that dude anymore. And what? So to your point, what changed in that in that moment was I stopped pushing everyone away. Uh, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, I was, I was in New York at, during Thanksgiving, and uh, it was after my dad passed away, and I was like really doing some messed up stuff. And uh, I was in New York, and it hit me out of nowhere that this was the first Thanksgiving that I was ever gonna have to be at without my pops. Um, and I didn't have an opportunity to 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 kind of uh, right every wrong. Although we repaired our relationship, I didn't have an opportunity to right every wrong. And a flurry of regrets flew over me. And the first person I called, it wasn't my mom. It was it, ironically, it wasn't my grandma because they didn't. They don't necessarily know how to. They don't understand how I feel. I called Big Game James, mm. you know, my best friend, mm-hmm. and uh, he kind of walked me off a ledge. And like, this kind of goes back to the whole the circle thing. Mm-hmm. Uh family is not defined by blood and i know you hear it it's cliche you hear it all the time but i mean like i can count i can i can't count on two hands how many times james has walked me off a ledge um james has been my conscience uh and and other people in our circle from from morris to uh omar ruffin to uh cast that you know that i that i've develop relationships with after after the fact but uh i think that that uh climbing out of a hole out of a bad hole requires you to let go of who you think you are in that moment and allow allow some people to begin to not only help you to repair but allow but also allowing them to hold you accountable where you are like they can meet you where you are and hold you accountable. Like James had no reservations in saying, yo, dog, you fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> like <game>. you, like <laughs> you out here. <laughs> like that's game James. This <laughs> like this ain't this ain't you. Like, like we like to have fun, but yo, you you a grown man now. Like they leave that childish shit alone. 
you know, and and like that that's so important because when you got yes men in your circle, you you can fall as far as they'll let you fall, bro. If you're not really if you're in a bad place, but when you got people that really have a genuine a genuine care for your well being, when you're in your worst spot. And this goes for your wife, your family, your best friends. When you're on your worst spot, people don't mind. People don't, these people don't mind sacrificing where they currently are to make sure that you don't, that you don't fall out of, out of a well-being place. And I said all that to say this, I didn't pull myself out of that journey. My village pulled me out of that journey. So, and and it goes back to my divorce as well. I don't I don't need to go as deep into that because there's there's it's it's very similar but again my village pulled me out of that. Shout out to uh shout out to Stephen Morrison, Danae Scott and you know my mom and my grandmother and and Big Game James and my wife. Uh it, it that that those things meant a lot to me. The biggest thing you said to me it was the you allowing people to make the changes that's needed around you you some people have to have to feel that rock bottomness to allow people to come in and make the manufacturing changes to change your whole manuscript or how you operate and letting go ego is a terrifying thing because it's a point (laughs) where you don't feel like you know yourself you're going back to factory you're starting all over putting your entire motor engine transmission everything together and coming out new you don't know how you can drive you don't know if your wheel alignment is going to be good but the people around you help and build you up and put the paint job on you and take care of you that's what family family is all about facts facts talk to me about fatherhood and mentorship but i don't want to talk about the good stuff <laughs> I want to talk about the moments where you love your kids, but I really don't like you right now. When you say to your kid, what are you doing? Talk to me yeah. about the patience you need to have as a father. The patience. It's, it, it's so ironic that you're asking me this question right now because I, I just got a piece of great news about um, uh, a new family member that we'll be welcoming in sometime soon, but uh I, I I'm not gonna uh I'm not put it's not my it's not my place to put people uh, business in the street so shout out to shout out to my fam um so I have a special need son my son's autistic um and the the bad thing about having a special needs kid that is moderately self self-sufficient um when you're when you're co-parenting with a person that you don't necessarily see eye to eye with, uh, they have, they tend to have a lot of your good traits, but a myriad of your bad traits. Uh, what I have found about my son through the years is that he's an asshole because I'm an asshole. <laughs> and because he's autistic to he, he because he's mildly autistic um if you know anything about autism like they don't that individuals that are autistic don't always understand sarcasm and they don't understand like cooth and restraint so i will be like i'll cook my son breakfast and i'll ask him yo is the food good and he'll be like it's all right it ain't mommy's and I'll be like, you know what? I'm about to smack the dog shit out of you. Or we'll be, or we'll go, or we'll go to like, like I'll, I'll, we'll fly to Orlando to go to Disney World because, because, because I got a cousin that 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 pulls the plug and you know things of that nature. And, and we'll be out there and we'll be having a good time. And and then he'll be like, I'll be like, hey, you having a great time? He's like, yeah, I'm having a really good time. But it'd be better if mommy was here. I'd be like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yo, <laughs> I did this. <laughs> you, know, you feel me? Like, <laughs> so um, it's. But you you can't get mad at his aspirations. 
Now no, his, no, not at all. In his picture, he's like, it'd be better if the entire family was here. Like you said, yeah. he has no coof. But sometimes having no coof is a good therapeutic thing for the peep for the person. It is. So, right? so and I, case in and point. I, and I find it, I find it compelling and I find it, it's funny to me. And I know you don't find it funny, but I find it, I think it's a good thing. It's definitely a good thing. I mean, case in point, um, my son was with my wife earlier, uh, earlier in the year, and um, my wife was telling him, she was like, DJ, you know, you really need to eat more vegetables and work out a little bit more so you can lose weight. And his reply was, why? Daddy ain't losing weight. And I wasn't even there, G. <laughs> Why is my name even being brought up? <laughs> and then, and then he goes further and says, uh, "Uncle James, Big Game James, need to lose weight too." And I was like, "Oh, this is this is going left, yo. This is going all the way left." <laughs> but it sounds like truth. <laughs> it, it, no, it's facts. It's facts. I, it's it's definitely facts, yo. Shim, I, I know we haven't seen each other in a, in a minute. I'm 40 pounds overweight, bro. I'm I've never been over 215 in, in my life until now. I'm I'm at I'm at 251 right now, at, and and I know I I carry it good, but my son has a point. I didn't need to hear it like that, but <laughs> I think but it's I mean, out of love, though. I I respect it because I I've worked with autism kids right for many years, right. And something about getting that honesty that you don't get from regular people. I find it comforting, even though it's blunt. It's yeah. Real and it's the truth. And you, you can trust it because you know it comes from a real place. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's harsh. It's harsh, but <laughs> it's harsh, but, but you don't, you don't question it because it's authentic. It's, it's, they don't, they don't know anything else, but to be the, their authentic selves. And yeah. that's, there's, there's, there's a, there's a hidden beauty in that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Right, right. 100%. How do I approach a man I have problems with? Like establishing the value. By listening. <laughs> like break uh. it down. Now you have a problem with a gentleman and both of you, both of you know that you have a problem with when, how, establishing value. Yeah. Um, so we just talk about, we just talked about ego, right? Yep. So absolutely. a lot of, so, so a lot of times when 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 two men, especially not necessarily women, their dynamics are a little different. But when two men have an issue, um, a lot of times there's a lot of ego involved. And so when ego is involved, uh, you you when ego is involved, you forego communication. So uh, the best way to resolve a communicat a communication gap via ego is to shut up and let the other person vent. Let the other person tell you what's wrong. Um, because a lot of times what you will find is the issues between two men are so minor and minuscule that it can be resolved with a simple, my bad, I'm sorry. I didn't intend it like that. Those were not my intentions. That a lot of times, uh, because men historically and generationally are not great communicators, uh, there is a lot of there's a lot to be misconstrued during random conversation or random actions. And so what I've found is when I've had issues, especially when I have issues with my friends, uh, if I really want to resolve the issue, because because sometimes I don't really want to resolve the issue. I just want to hear myself talk, if I'm being honest. But when I really want to resolve the issue, the first thing that I do is I invite that person to I invite that person to tell me where I have overstepped my boundaries. And then I take the same approach with them that I do in my marriage which is to take a step back and look at things from their point of view and see what my contribution is. And in the, in, in the actions of seeing what my contribution is, I am able to find places of empathy where I can understand where they're coming from. I can understand 
why they feel that way and we can find a middle ground where we can have where we can where we can meet at a place where we can be cordial um i I, i've also come to the to the realization that everybody ain't gonna be your friend we ain't gonna be able to befriend everybody but we can always be at a place where we can be cordial you don't necessarily have to respect me but don't disrespect me like bernie mac used to say like i recently seen jay prince say i don't want to be his friend but i doesn't i don't also don't want to be his enemy there's just there's a there's a gray area there shout out to jay prince and and the griselda crew you said you said that men have problems with communication historically my next question to you is should there be a basic training program against men a level of education like skill traits and attributes taught in the community outside of the schooling system and what i mean by that is we lived in a neighborhood together all of us should know how to change a tire all of us should have financial know how to do financial all of us should be writing stuff down like the keys the basic keys to functioning outside of this world not wandering in the dark with a flashlight should we have something implemented in the black community for us men um that that's a tough one sheen because uh a lot of people don't uh, a lot of people don't live in an environment where 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 the where time is afforded for that um and and i think what you're talking about in in its most simplest form is we should implement parenting or we should implement villages Mm. we should implement mentors and father figures and the fact of the matter is those things should already be present in most communities. There shouldn't there shouldn't necessarily need to be an implementation. But the but the reality of the matter is things like te- like like high level technology and and even COVID and things of that nature have desensitized and desocialized our communities that and and and, and in an era where we were already suffering because of single family households and and uh parents who have to work two and three jobs just to make ends meet those things are are <clears throat> those things are ultimately necessary but um the ability to provide those things on a regular basis without a significant contribution from our government who was trying to distance itself from socialization is is far-fetched and so what i will say is this instead of a need for implementation we need we we should there should be a a movement to revisit our grassroots and what i mean by that is uh we allow the government and i'm just specifically speaking about the black community we allow the government to tear down our villages it's time to rebuild them if we built if we rebuilt our villages the gaps between the 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 bare essentials for life survival manifestation and, and common common respect would not be as as heavily in despair as it is currently in my okay. opinion a fellow guest by the name of malik mooney said those things are already in place we just need to uproot them there's churches there's community centers there's boys and girls clubs have they dropped the ball in those regards i don't need you to answer that question but just thinking about how they how how they underdeveloped us over the years of certain things. The reason I asked that question, could I speak from my own personal experience? When I say, I didn't know how to change a tire till 20, till I was 20 years old, because my environment did not call for me to change a tire because I didn't need a car living in New York. But there's so many cars in New York. There's some certain survival skills and tactics that I feel should be the basis of how we operate. Let's go a little deeper. Let's talk legacy. Mm. We always talk about leaving a legacy, but we ignore major steps. Do you have a will? Yeah. I've had a will since... Uh, I have had a will in place since since my sophomore year in college, since I, since I was um, sideshow marketing prepaid legal. Uh, as as a business owner and prepaid legal, they they give you a will for free. So I took full advantage of that, and I've kept that thing up. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely have a will. But I know that 
I know that over, I think over 63% of Americans over the age of 50 don't have a will. I think that's the, I think that's the current statistic as I talked about it on TODT. Um, and I think that the percentages is astronomically higher for men. I think it's like 81% of men over the age of 50 don't currently have a will. And they think, and, 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 and the sad thing is they think that you need a lawyer to get a will. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. You just need a notary and you need to go to, you can go online or go to Office Max or FedEx and pick up the will paperwork and just fill it out and then get a notary to sign it and then, and then submit it. That's it. That's it. That's just really it. That's really it. Well, we you need to repeat those steps one more time, sir. <laughs> so many people don't know that's simple as that is. It's, it's simple. Just you can go online and do an online will. Matter of fact, uh, for those of you who, 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 for those of you listening, you can go to Rocket Lawyer right now and pay a $34 fee. And with that $34 fee, you can get a will, a will made up, uh, signed and dated by not only a notary, but a, but an authorized lawyer. And you can keep that in your archives for whenever you decide to leave this earth. And it's just that simple. It's not, it's, it's literally not rocket science at all. I got mine for free, but it, well, it's not, it wasn't really for free because I was paying a $50 monthly fee to market the business. But the fact of the matter is, um, there's so many people within uh, each and every community across this earth that that died without a will and the government or or some other body that was unbeknownst to them or or foreign to for foreign to their uh, naturalized wishes uh, embarking upon their estates and their finances that it would it would be it's a travesty that people have not have not advanced towards having having a will. So I, I, I definitely uh, relish on this type of conversation. How important is it to leave where you're from to develop yourself? Sort of like rebranding. Mm. You're you're asking me this now. I'm asking um, you. Uh, I think it's astronomically important. Um, but I don't. But I don't think it's important for everybody. Um, some people are able to become their best selves without exploring anything for me uh because of my environment and my and my circumstances growing up i never i wouldn't say i never but it, it was hard for me to envision certain things being possible until i got out of my until i got out of my comfort zone um, I don't think that that's necessarily restricted to geography. I think that your comfort zone can be uh, watching History and Discovery Channel as opposed to watching sports every day. Um, using your imagination can be a form of getting out of getting out of your comfort zone and getting out of your natural geography, your natural environment. But however you need to, however you need to do it, it's important that that. Uh, for me, in my opinion, in order to achieve true growth, it's important to get out outside of the nest that your parents or or your guardians created for you. Um, I, 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 metaphorically speaking, birds don't fly until they leave the nest, and that's a literal that's a literal metaphor that you can that you can cross that you can cross relate to what we're talking about right now, and so. Um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine uh, that that goes to a church that um, that consistently speech, speaks about prosperity, and I tried to tell that individual. I said, um, "You can't." I said, "I said I love the the message that this individual is speaking, and not because I'm, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus and put nobody out there. I love the message that this guy is putting out there, that that this minister is putting out there, and I think he's helping a lot of people. But that message is not transferable in certain areas of this world." You can't go, you can't go into the middle of Ghana and preach the message of prosperity because they, people haven't been prosperous in in centuries. You can't go to certain areas and and have that message. And that person didn't necessarily understand what I was talking about until they visited those areas. And I said, you have to take a different approach. But you won't know what the approach is. You won't know what what. What what you won't know how to evaluate your audience 
and evaluate your opportunities for growth without being able to live and experience uh, another person's shoes that they that they literally have to walk in. Absolutely. As a husband, would you rather have a great woman or a great wife? <sighs> I think great. Uh, I think I'd rather have a great woman. Elaborate, please. There's no, no wrong I, answer. Just how it's, it's all tailored I, to how you feel. I think a great woman actively works on being a great wife, but it's not necessarily it's not necess- it doesn't necessarily reciprocate in the other in the other direction. It's like it's like the same saying, every reader is a leader, but every leader is not necessarily a reader. Does that does that make sense? <clears throat> every leader is a reader, but every every reader is not necessarily a leader. That's that's the that's the connotation that it I mean that's the proper way to to phrase it um every uh, i i believe every great woman is and or strives to be a great wife but every great wife is not necessarily a great woman um there's people i know a lot of people who have very very uh domesticated and uh and obedient and submissive wives um but if but if the if if the roof flew off they wouldn't know how to hold the house down Mm. um one thing i can say with regard to this specific conversation about my wife is we've seen the lows of one another and a great wife doesn't necessarily know how to build up doesn't necessarily know how to build up build up an empire or rebuild an empire they can rebuild their husband they can be a great a great help me but they can't necessarily help to rebuild the empire but a great woman that's striving to be a great wife can do both so hmm. what do you do when you're someone's preparation but not their destination and what do i mean by that is we spoke earlier how you had to go through them some things to in order to achieve the greatness you are with the woman you are today what does someone do when they're in the midst of someone else's preparation, but not their destination? You accept it for what it is. You take your ego out of the equation and you, and you ask yourself, first of all, why am I here in the first place? <laughs> why did I end up here in the first place? Uh, and then the second thing is you, you treat that situation like you do every other situation in life. You figure out what you learn from that situation what you can take and continue on with that situation and what and the, and the things that you need to look for and dispel going forward but but what you the, the one thing you don't do you never do is continue to harp on that situation and, and 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 allow that situation to have any power over you because the fact of the matter is that person after that person moves on to to get closer to their destination they not thinking about you well let's let's go right there Tell me, give some examples on how do you not harp? So many people say don't harp on it, but we got to give some solutions on how you don't harp. You don't harp by taking time to heal. So a a lot of times, especially with men, and this is myself included, when we get hurt by um, our counterparts, and I I don't want to be restrictive uh uh by any gender bias or anything like that so i'll just say this as men when we get hurt by our counterparts the first thing that we do is jump in bed with somebody else to to alleviate the pain from somewhere else um and to me uh jumping in bed with somebody else or allowing somebody else to alleviate the pain that hasn't necessarily been actually healed is the is the equivalent to getting hurt in the game and getting a cortisone shot yeah it's numb but that injury is still there bro and eventually, eventually, it's going to come back to haunt you, hurt you, and maybe inhabilitate you. And so what I what I have come, what I've gotten in, in uh, accustomed to doing, and my wife can kind of kind of uh, co-sign on this, um, because she came into the benefit of this. I take time to look at things from every other point of view 
um, unlike when I was younger, I do not have a problem falling on my sword. If I, if I sit back and and go through a situation in my head and say, I was wrong here. I do not have a problem going back and telling my wife, yeah, I cursed you out, but I was in the wrong. It happened this morning. I it happened. Yo, she it literally happened this morning. Me and my wife got into a a a a, a, a knockout drag out because of the stress of this move this morning. And in the process of doing that, I'm on the phone with another man's uh, worker slash I think his nephew. And I was like, yo, what's what's going on with the move? Are y'all supposed to be here tomorrow? And he was like, well, such and such said that you said that that, that you were going to get back to him and you never did. So he took another gig. And I was like, nah, I said I was going to let him know what time. Mm. And he was like, okay, well, I'm going to reach out to him. And as soon as I got on the phone, and this is mark of a great woman and a great wife. As soon as I got off the phone, my wife was like, you ain't say that. I'm not going to cut you off. She didn't cut me off in the middle of having that conversation. She didn't make me look like a dumbass in the middle of the conversation. As soon as I got off the phone, she's like, you didn't say that. You told him you was going to hit him up. The first thing I did this morning when he called me back was my wife said you were right and I was wrong. I owe you an apology. That's that's the mark of growth because this morning I was hot with my wife, but I still took the opportunity to uplift her for being the, the 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 right person, even though we weren't necessarily on the same on the same page in that moment, but she deserves that, mm-hmm. regardless of how my regardless as to how I feel. And I said that I had to say this: sometimes you got to take your feelings out of the situation and just look at the situation for what it is and say, "This is my contribution. This is where that person was wrong. This is where I was wrong. I can only be responsible for where I was wrong. So I'm gonna own that." I'm going to take time to heal from that, from, from this situation. And then I'm going to move forward. And women have always done a, um, historically women have done a good job with that. They will take time to heal. They'll be like, I don't, I'm not dealing with no man right now. I'm just doing me. I'm figuring me out. And then when they get it together, they'll go back out there and they'll try it and they'll try it again. But men, like we, we historically, just jump into some more whatever whatever it is that your pleasure is is posing at that time and you don't necessarily get that healing and then all of a sudden you blow up or you carry that baggage into something else and it it goes catastrophically bad so mm, catastrophically bad is not the word man take the time to heal <laughs> take the time to rebuild yourself and it's okay to have less ego on the journey and don't 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 feel bad if you if if you need the people in your circle to help you rebuild yourself some a lot of times we're not doing this by ourselves and you shouldn't have to so absolutely validation from your partner it's like you win a championship when you meet the right woman but mr stanfield do you defend the title and what i mean by that mm. is are you still showing up the same way you were in 2014 bringing flowers, working out, staying in shape, looking good and competing with yourself to be the best version you can be. There's a world out there that probably hits on all of our women as soon as they walk out the door. That's another competitive thing. But I'm talking about defending the title within your home. Are you competing with her to look better than her when you have dates? Are you competing to make sure that you're getting up and eating the right foods? Are you competing to defend the title? No, my wife's pregnant right now. I don't have to compete. I look better than her regardless. <laughs> I'm skinnier than her. Oh, I'm winning wow. right now. I'm winning right now. <laughs> wow. This guy. Uh, uh, to the to to the extent of my abilities, I am I am attempting to defend the title, but admittedly I can do better. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because every time we go somewhere, my wife would be like, yeah, he's having a baby and I'm having a baby because I got a little bit of gut now. I told you I was 251. I'm not, I'm not really used to this. <laughs> um, but uh, but as far as as far as going to bat and and trying to and like I, I was never a flowers guy. She's not a huge flowers girl. Uh, I was never a Hallmark guy. 
she's not a she's not necessarily a hallmark girl so like the cars and stuff like that uh like she likes cars she likes no, handwritten I, you letters. Know, but you know yeah. what she likes are you defending yeah. the title on the things she likes yeah, yeah absolutely like she loves to travel she loves to um she loves to see to tr- see and try new things she loves to laugh i do all of that i i, I go hard at that now there, there are things that i lack on um that I can do better in, but yeah, I, I I do, I I make a conscious effort to strive to 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 defend the title, so to speak, the best way that I see the best way that I see fit at the time. But um, <laughs> she has no point. She has no reservation whatsoever in letting me know, hey, uh, you didn't open up my door today. You're fucking up. <laughs> hey. Don't forget to defend the title. It's very important. Facts. Because you won the chip. Don't mean you get to sit down. No, you got to get better. Absolutely. Because somebody's gunning for you. Somebody's gunning for you in the next season. Somebody's gunning for you, man. In every aspect. One more question, sir. I came up with something called operating at 100%. And what I mean by that is I took five affirmations during my day. And what I did is I took purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Now you can substitute any of those, but I gave them each 20% adding up to 100% on a daily basis. And then I take that purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Purpose being living in your purpose. Health is, you know, eating right, working out. Confidence is having the confidence to do those things. Money, did you make a little money today? Did you pay the bills? And knowledge, did you take in some knowledge today? Did you learn new things to acquire in your life? Okay. Now, let me break it down for you. I take that 20% of each one and I put it in a 100% category for the day. Then I calculate myself and I wait about six days to say, hey, this week I operated at at least 78%. That is no good towards my purpose. You want to operate with an A or better. My question to you is, if you had to take those things, those five, purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge, in the last 24 hours, have you operated anywhere close to 100%? I'm at about 91%. Ooh. Yeah, where where I'm where I'm where I'm failing is health. In terms of food and exercise? Yes. In terms of food specifically in terms of exercise. But food and exercise. I had McDonald's yesterday, man. I'm I'm disrespecting myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I normally don't really do that, but man, sometimes the Big Mac and the fish fillet be calling. But like perp I I live with a purpose. So I'm 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 there confidence confidence i'm at about confidence i'm at about on the 20 percent scale i'm at about 15 percent um because of my own insecurities so uh i'm at now i'm, I'm at about 15 to 18 percent um like day over day okay uh but like as far as like money and you said purpose, health, it's confidence, purpose, health, confidence, confidence, knowledge. money, not money, and not yeah. I'm out. I'm out about ninety percent. I'm I'm operating with an A right now for like, for me. Just I, me being honest. I I take the things that come naturally easy for me, and I lower those percentages and give okay harder percentage for, just to customize it for me to make me think about hey, you know what? You need to lose some weight. You need to eat better. So I'm gonna give health forty percent, and if you don't do those things, you're automatically gonna get, you're automatically gonna get a D if you don't put in the work for health to raise your. Percentage. Ah, okay, that's a yeah, that's a, okay. So you're waiting, you're you're waiting the things that you don't. Okay, yeah. So so I'm you're grading yourself. That I'm not you're good grading at naturally. We can we live in our purpose now. I'm in my purpose talking to you right now. So that's a given. But what is not right. a given is that I'm gonna go out there and work out, eat right, and do the things meditate whatever you need to do to do the things to make sure that you're purifying yourself in the waters of lake minnetonka okay well if, if, if that's the case grading grading myself on a curve i'm at a c minus <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. i think and i think we both need to get up to a yeah yeah we yeah i mean because yeah i'm i'm with you I'm, I'm operating in my purpose the confidence is there 
I'm definitely, I'm definitely uh, getting, getting a better bag than I've ever gotten in my life. Uh, the drive is there. The, the knowledge, the knowledge base is incredible. Just based off of what we're doing now, like with the podcast and everything like that, the, the, the knowledge that I've gathered over the last, over the last two years doing, doing the podcast and just developing relationships and things of that nature, things of that nature has been outstanding. So yeah, the health, the, the health thing is definitely the health and well being is definitely a, um, a deterrent, um, where I'm failing. And so C minus is, is, is probably by your standards, C minus, C minus is probably being generous. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, listen, I, one, I, one thing I would like to drive in there. I need to be better as well. I'm, I, I have to, I have to do better because health is the most important one. Yeah, it is. It's, it, it, it is oftentimes a determining factor on how long you, you actually here to be able to try to, to try to achieve those goals. Right. Another thing is another thing that I would throw in there is consistency. You are absolutely right about that. So, I mean, you you uh, can throw in more. You can you can weight it. You can scale it. You can have ten things in there, but consistency is a very big problem for many of us, including yes. myself. I can get going with something, and then I kind of reach a point where, hey, I did that. Yep, and then the drop off comes. And then yep. the drop off comes. <laughs> And we talking and then, about and then when it's trying to get back, you gotta you gotta worry about yo, the procrastination. I can to eat get right back. for a month and say, hey, you know what? I lost five pounds. Let me go ahead and enjoy these five buffets in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, concur. That's, that's when the you money and that. the knowledge start to hurt you a little bit. A little bit of yeah. money to do certain things that that uh outside uh, your 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 pay grade for your stomach. Yeah, that's fact. That that's yeah, that's facts. <laughs> That's fat. That's what that is. That's fat facts. Fat facts. <laughs> Hashtag fat facts. Hashtag fat facts. Thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It is people like you who move in the shadows to help people like me shine. Now, today, what we like to do, we always like to get a referral from someone you know that would love to come on Solutions and answer these questions and drop these gems. Do you have someone today that you can give us a referral? Yeah, man. Well, let me ask you this: Have you re- have you talked to? Not yet. Go ahead and drop his name. No, no, no. I, I know you. I know you. I know you. Kind of around the way went to big game. That's not where I was going. I was going to ask you: Have you talked to Ahmed? Ahmed Keen. Yeah. Yes, let, I have. Let me tell you. He, yeah, we're gonna have him on the show. He's okay. He's scheduled to be on soon. Yo, let me tell you the conversations that I have with Ak. Um, like, I, and you know, us meeting him as a freshman, yeah, it was, uh, like that. That's that's been one of the lasting relationships that I've had. Like that guy is that guy's a dope dude, man. He 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 really is, man. And you talking about somebody who was authentic and genuinely trying to uplift his community. That that dude's a a, a great guy. Outside of outside, if you already got Ahmed on the on the inventory. And I know you've kind of roundabout way had conversations with James, uh, maybe not directly. Then I would I would encourage you to um, yeah, I I would encourage you to hit up uh, Benjamin Nakamura. Benjamin Nakabinak. Okay. B-Nock. Yeah. Right. And, and, okay. And make sure you make sure you hit him up and and focus a lot of the a lot of the question on his military experience, man, because that guy's got some great stories. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first, Mrs. Devon Stanfield. We're going to look for you to connect us. But first, please give us some shout outs, some information, things you're doing right now. Shout out to my unborn son and my beautiful wife, Marquita Stanfield and Davis Lincoln Stanfield. Uh, Scheduled to be due on January 28th, but, um, you know, uh, we don't like to keep schedules, so I don't know when he's going to actually come up. But we we will not be Tiana Taylor around here. Uh, Tiana, um, I still love you. Don't, don't shout listen. out to T. Shout out, no, no. Shout out to T. Shout out to Iman. Yo, Iman, I'm in Atlanta. Don't come with my ass, dude. That's just not. <laughs> yo, I don't want no problems. I don't want no smoke, B. <laughs> uh, man, shout out to Big Game James. Shout out to my village, uh, Pastor William Gillison Jr., uh, Albert Gumpter. Shout out to the illustrious D. South Carolina State University, Bulldog. the place that that raised and made me. The University of Buffalo. The second, the second home to your boy, man. Um, shout out to the Rough Buff, 
New York State as a whole, but definitely Griselda, rough buff, man. And shout out to them Buffalo Bills and the Chicago Bears, both in the playoffs, uh, looking to do big things, man. And shout out to my man, Shane One, and, 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 and the homie, the sister, Kara, man. I, I really appreciate the invite. Uh, I really appreciate the love, man. And I can't wait to see all the great things that you're doing. Let us know where we can find you at, social media, what you're doing right now in terms of the sports that you talk about, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I, I am a member. I'm, I'm business development director at, at the Rise Up Family Network, which is an affiliate of uh, the On Point Network, uh, partners with Apple and Roku TV. Uh uh, I work with I work on the IT side, on the graphic side, and on the web development side, as well as um, <clears throat> online personality, uh, the host of uh, Talk of the Town, TODT Live, uh, also a online personality for uh, Fresh Perspective Sports, both two both vlog podcasts that are both uh, operating on YouTube and uh, Facebook Live. Uh, TODT Live comes on Wednesday nights at nine thirty. It will be returning next week. And uh, Fresh Perspective comes on Thursday nights, which is tonight at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and the shows are extra lit. So please feel free to tune in. Shout out to the Rise Up Network. Shout out to everybody that tunes in, man. Much love to y'all. Man, we appreciate you, man. You have a good day. Thank you. Thank you, man. Peace.